Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. Raja Bell. It's all the future of football right before your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. What is going on? Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell and Raja Bell. We are back. Back in business, baby. After a little flu bug was going around, kind of caught everybody on the show. We were off on Monday. We had to call in sick. But (laughs) we don't have any uh, flu Darvishes in it. Do you hear about you, Darvish? (laughs) No. So, pitcher for the Cubs. 10-day DL for the flu. Really? Yeah, we, we should go on 10-day DL, yeah, really. get some rest. That but would we, be so great. We're going to power through. He was through. looking pretty chipper earlier that day. <laughs> exactly. He was, like, totally fine. And then Under he goes, like, $30 million. Yeah, I think it also has something to do with he's been awful for the Cubs in his start <laughs> so far. Darvish. I think that I had that. something to do with it, too. Yeah, Chicago newspapers are having a field day with that. Uh, we're going to do a ton of NBA as, as it looks like uh, the conference finals are about to be set. There's also uh, a couple more spots to be finalized. Uh, we'll do some... Uh, story time with Raja. Oh. I can't wait to hear some old school uh, stories from the playoffs. And uh, we're going to do a lot of topics as usual. But first off, we have to address the elephant in the room because on Monday was the Met Gala. Tom Brady goes out there. He stole my look. He stole uh, my turtleneck oh, look. He did get you for your turtleneck. You do not want I, that to be your look. Not, no, not, I thought he looked itself. damn good. He well, looked good. The I think there are, there are two things. Things that we have to talk about. One would be the actual outfit. Yeah, it's awful. That is a look in and of itself. But then the look, the facial expression (laughs) with which he was like captured that moment. That's. I was blowing up y'all's phones because I could not believe Tom Brady. I was like, y'all. Okay, first of all, in his defense, he can really wear whatever he wants if he has Giselle next to him because nobody's actually looking at him. Nobody cares. She's just so good looking that it doesn't matter. He could wear like a purple suit next to her, and True. he would look oh, great. But people obviously do care, right? Because he was trending all over. Twitter. Well, he just looked like an absolute jabroni. Why? <laughs> I thought he looked fine. No, <laughs> but all because of what? The turtleneck or the Versace jacket? It's Which just, one was? Because it? it was just black. I need him to be a little bit more like just like naturally sexy. Like he was just. I felt like he was doing the most well, to look to try not to be compared as hot to all those as other wife. idiots that were there. No, like, Michael I B. He was Jordan. Pretty... Michael B. Jordan looked what did he wear? so good. A what suit. Did he wear? Nothing, no embroider, no nothing. He had like a so little belt. He had like a waist belt that was cool. No, no, he did. He had like a waist belt, and he it did. was cool. Tom Brady had a little bit of embroidery on. I the, need him to look a little more natural in the photo, though. He looks yeah, like he, he, he reminds me not, of not like, just the face, but look at the hand. Yeah, like very, very That's like. I don't know what to do. Was? You ever? He needs that like. That's right. He needs that like natural like boy next door sex appeal to go along with his wife. He and looks he like doesn't and have he it. had way too much bronzer on. I don't know if you noticed that, but he definitely had some I'm tanning sure he was bronzer on. Yeah, he had a little fake. It was like Ricky too. Bobby where he didn't know what to do. Did y'all see anyone else the... from the Met Gala? Just let no. me get five seconds. Ah, uh, Cam Newton. What? Did you see Cam Newton's no. get up? Google this. No, Cam, Cam looked, Newton looked Cam like Newton he did so not get the memo about, you know, trying to fall in line with the costume. Like, the, uh, theme the theme was Catholicism and art or something like, right? It was, Catholic church. yeah, it was, um, Sunday best. Which I don't know like how, that. like, I guess Rihanna dressed as the Pope. Oh, I don't like it. <laughs> no, cause he wore a hat and looked like he got pigeon. I poop don't on like it. what Cam Newton wore. No, it was uh, like, it's his, t- it looks like Dude, everything he wears. What is he trying to be day. Pharrell? Like, yeah, I hate that. He totally does. He stole the hats. He's trying to do it. And it has like, and the goggles? It has bird poop on the side. Yeah, Cam Newton is a peacock. He just will wear anything that says, look at me. All right, let's dive into the NBA because the Western Conference Finals are set as expected, even though all the drama throughout the season, maybe, you know, what team could come to, you know, possibly knock them off? Utah, uh, anybody else, Pelicans, it was the Rockets Warriors. It's going to be that. The expectations are it's going to be a a fun series. I think it's a wrap. Yeah. I think the Warriors are going to take them in six. I think it'll be entertaining. 
But I think the Warriors just have too much firepower. I mean, six is a good series, though. Right. Um, you know, I, I'm, I've said before that I think Houston has You've the been weapons. On them early. Yeah. I think they have the style and the <laughs> weapons that if they're playing well, they could be a threat and beat Golden State. Um, if I'm being 100% honest, though, what I've seen from them through the Utah series, uh, specifically, isn't them firing on all cylinders. It, it's not. I mean, they've been okay. They've done enough to win games. But they've come out and they've looked lethargic at points. They haven't looked like they were all the way dialed in. You know, I'll reference game two when they when they got smacked. Um, not only that, but they get these really big leads and then they kind of fall asleep at the wheel. Um, these are all things. Not, and lastly, the offense has been good, but it's really been their defense that's kind of been carrying them through the playoffs. They've been very good defensively. Offensively, I just don't feel like they're firing on all cylinders, and that's not good enough to beat Golden State. So for me, the jury's kind of out. Like I, I really feel like this series more than a lot, game one is like ultra, ultra important. If they give up game one to Golden State at home, they fought for home court advantage, and Golden State comes in there and puts one uh, on the board early, it's going to be catastrophic for Houston. They have to get out to a good start. Um, and, and maybe, quite frankly – you know, a team that hasn't really been there and done that was looking past everybody else in expectation and anticipation of this moment. Um, but it's, 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 it's not a very good excuse. So I'm worried about them. I think Golden State, if you look at Golden State across the board, like they have higher end talent. Mm-hmm. Like when you talk about KD, um, Clay, um, Steph and Draymond, like there's higher end talent. Although Houston, I believe does have very good depth as well. I think there's higher end talent and you can't deny the fact that. Golden State has people who have are way more experienced in this in this scenario in these moments than Houston does, and so I'm really worried for Houston if I'm being honest right now. Yeah. So they, I mean, they have there was some positive takeaways. Yeah. James Harden was feeling a little under the weather, probably much like we are. Chris Paul is that that, that was confirmed. That was like he was not feeling great last I night. I saw that oh, no. the game. I saw. I saw last some, night. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, that's, that's, that's when, when Chris Paul had his forty-one. That's some kind of yeah. explanation, all right? Because Chris Paul said he's going to put the team on the back and was like, "All right, I'm going to get okay. there." So, all right. <coughs> excuse me. I think it was a good sign for them to have somebody else step up, well, especially CP3, who's had his playoff struggles. He kind of gets past that hurdle, finally gets to a conference finals. Yeah. So I think that's a good thing for them. I think it's probably good for them that they haven't clicked fully, like you're talking about. Like they still. And hopefully this is Mike, Mike D'Antoni is telling them, hey, we still have more left. Like, we can still get better. The problem is they're running into this juggernaut that the Warriors are getting better too. Right. Steph Curry's looking healthy. Now he has even more time to rest and recoup to get uh, you know, back to full speed before this series starts. And they also have debuted the Hamptons 5. Now, were you aware of this? Are thing? you going with that? I, I guess we have to. I'm I don't know. I, although I what do you mean we Steve have Kirk. to? You don't have, you to. have to. No, so it's the death lineup, right? The death so they, lineup, they yeah. did not do it in the regular season against Houston. They just debuted it this last series. and Started for the first time together in Game 4. Right. So they've, they've only done it a couple games. Is this going to matter? Like, is it something that is that different to defend if you're Houston? Like, if you don't have that much film on it, if you can't... No. It's, it's not No, 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 it's, it? it's not. I mean... It changes their dynamic and what they're able to do offensively. Having that type of, you know, talent and versatility on the floor, especially on the defensive end of the court. I mean, you basically switch everything except for, except for uh, Steph. It makes you really, really versatile um, defensively. But, you know, it's 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 not going to be something that catches Houston by surprise. Like there's enough probably tape of the Hampton Five being on the court together where it's it's not going to be. 
some kind of new wrinkle that's going to catch them off guard. It's really remarkable to me. Like those are the two best offensive efficiency teams in the NBA this year. Like, like really, really close. Like what is it? One hundred and twelve point two four per one hundred possessions for Houston. I think and one hundred and twelve point two five points per one hundred possessions for for Golden State. I mean, you couldn't get any closer. Uh, and they do it in two really different ways. And that I think, you know, Golden State. They got a lot of great players, but they, 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 they're on record as saying, and I read over the weekend that if they feel like if they can outpass a team, they'll beat them. They want the ball to move. They want to pass. They want to get people opportunities like that. And Houston's way more, although they pass the ball, it's way more ISO. It's way more high ball screen. You know, like they've, Mike's simplified it to the point. I got two of the best pick and roll players in the NBA. We're just going to play pick and roll. And we're going to run Clint Capella to the rim and you pick your poison and we'll try to, you know, we'll eat off of whatever you do. So they, they do it really different. It's going to be really interesting to see which one of those styles, um, if any, can really hit their stride in, in the, in the playoffs. So before, or in the, that series, sorry. Before the Warriors, it was before the clinching game. It was before game five, right? It was before game four when, uh, Draymond sent out the text. So he sent out the text to Kevin Durant. At 4 a.m., he said it bothered him. He said he was up all night. Yeah, he, he said, said he was watching tape all night. Yeah. Eh, I don't know if I believe that or not. <laughs> but he said uh, his quote was, Draymond's quote was, I just challenged him to be who he is. I had to tell him. I didn't see him attacking or being aggressive enough on both ends of the floor like we need him to be. You know, I don't I don't hold back. When I say see something's wrong, I have to voice my opinion. There were no hard feelings. We're just trying to win a ball game. Was the 4 a.m. text the difference in the series, Raja? I'm on record as saying this 4 a.m. text was the difference in nothing. <laughs> Thank you. No, this bro. This is something I think the media like now, eats up. Like you can spoon feed to the media. And they yes. just like, give me more. They love give it. Me more. Correct. They love it. Correct. And but, I think Draymond knows that to some extent. Yo, no, Draymond's very savvy <laughs> yeah. with the media. I'm the problem. You loved it? <laughs> I'm the yeah, problem. Yeah. Like, that's so cool. <laughs> I thought it was a cool story. Is that dumb? Uh, well, shit. I think, no, but I think it's overrated that – People actually believe that's how Durant scored 38. Right. And, and, oh. and it's overrated yeah. in the fact that people don't think that happens like all the time. Right. Like, and I, maybe not at four in the morning, but you're, you're brothers. <laughs> right. You know, like if I, if I see you, you know, Danny, like, you know, deferring a little bit for one reason or another, like it's not, it's not a novel thing for me to be like, Hey man, hey, look, just relax. Just go out there and do your thing, bro. We all trust, you know, that's, that's right. what you do. Um, in a tight knit group of guys like that. So I think it's, I think it's pretty cool that they got that relationship. Um, I think it's great that they're, that, that KD and Draymond and, and Steph and all of them can, can, you know, have that, those lines of communication. But the, the, the idea that other people don't do that is silly. Right. I thought it was the least surprising story that I'd heard too. Cause right. Draymond is clearly their emotional leader. Sure. He's clearly the guy that would step up and say, Hey man, let's go. We need you. Like right. you're our guy. Like you need to like, right. and I don't think it, like he said, I had to, you know, call him out and tell him it's just he's just trying to kick him in the butt, like give him a little encouragement. Yeah, it wasn't, hey, bro, you you're sucking right now. Like when right. you, you know, it's it's uh, look, when you're the emotional leader, you take it takes on a lot of different forms. Yeah, and you give people what they need if you can, and that that's what that was. All right, so were you the emotional leader? Uh, at times, but at times, you know, I I I watched other guys be the emotional leader, and it yeah. didn't always mean like yelling and screaming. Right, like, it, it took right. different shapes and and different forms. All right, somebody for the Toronto Raptors should have sent around a four a.m. text because <laughs> they could have used it as uh, the Cavs finished them off. They sweep the series. It was ugly. I thought they threw it in the tank the last two games when they went to Cleveland. The Cavs. Moving forward, yeah, like I, they're going to be a pro- Philly. I mean, it looks like they're going to play Boston. You think Boston's going to be a problem? No, the no. Cavs are going to be a problem. Yeah, I think I think now. they're going to advance. I think it's a wrap. Again, I think it's going to be Warriors over Cavs. 
Um, I don't think they have enough. Do you think there's anything? Excuse me, the Devo over there who's looking at me like it's not over <laughs> it's not yet. Over. It's not over yet. It that, isn't over no, yet. That series could be interesting. I told I, I told Debo on the way, and I asked him, and he said he felt like they had a chance. And I asked him if it was his inner fan talking or if this was, and and I do. There's a part of me that feels like, and I know has Owen three ever been done? It's never been no. done, right? No. And so like Owen one thirty nine. Like I get it. It's not gonna. It's not gonna happen. But there's a part of me that feels like if it were to happen, this could be the one. I look. Mm-hmm. I know I've disrespected Boston over and over again, and I've apologized, and I will apologize in advance for this. But this series could be like dramatically different. Like they gave up a twenty two point lead in a the game. They had the ball tie game with what eight seconds to go. Like they're. And I get, you can say that about any series. I get it. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's why they're down, you know, one three, cause they didn't make those plays. So it is what it is. But there's just part of me that feels like it's been a lot closer than that three one indicates. And if, if they can go out there and handle business in game five, I think you're going to see a Boston Celtics lineup that really tightens up for game six. Right. And Philly comes home. And I think. Again, I talk about the complexion of a series changing from like game to game. It will swing so fast on Boston, they won't know what hit them if they mess around and let the Sixers come in there in game six and, I mean, game five and get a win. I think it's, it's the best and it's not a good place to be from all the time, but I think it's really easy to play when there's nothing to lose. And you could say that like, well, yeah, you can lose a series, but yeah, you're supposed to now. Like you're down, nobody's done it before. Right. So if you're Brett Brown, you send your guys out there and you say, hey, Nobody believes in you. Nobody thinks you can do it. So why not just go out there and just play free? Unless and you're it, unless you're playing a team like like the Cavs and you're Toronto that's beaten you before though. Right. Right, right. now because then you yes. might pack it in like you. Yes. But I agree with you. Right. Like, you go out there. I mean, and, one of like one of my best games was the thirty-one-three was the comeback. Yeah. Joke it, doke. And my mindset that game was all. It wasn't we're going to come back. It was it can't get any worse. Like what happens? <laughs> so what if I throw an interception? Right. It doesn't matter. Let we're it just going to get blown yeah. out. So you play with a freedom. That I don't think you all see all the time. You also play with TJ McConnell. He was the different thing. He <laughs> yeah. was, when I was, I was, it was funny because I was watching him play and I'm like, this guy is just playing with a different intensity level and a different speed than everybody else. And Philly fed off of him. They did. I, it, he's a really good player and he's yeah. one of those guys that you root for. At least I do because he's kind of defied odds. Like, mm-hmm. you know, when he came out, I don't even know if he was drafted. I don't know his whole backstory, but he was Arizona, right? Yep. Like, and he was solid, but never really given the, you know, the type of, credit that he probably deserved there and he just grinds and he's tough and he plays and it never really looks pretty like the jumper's not pretty but but he knocks it down now and he makes winning plays and so that's all great and the story's fantastic and that moment you know i've lived that moment that's a super cool moment yeah but make no mistakes like tj mcconnell's not gonna he's not gonna be the reason they win if they win in boston and so he could be a part of the reason you win but it's not gonna be to that degree so they need they they need um Joel Embiid to do what Joel Embiid does. They need Dario Saric again. They're going to need to figure out, um, you know, how you get some productivity from that three point line. You have to have, um, why am I drawing a blank on the kid's name? So you got Marco Bellinelli, Reddick, and who's the other kid that starts? Ilya Silva. Or no, Ilya Silva and Robert Covington. Covington out of the starting lineup. Okay. But you've got to get a marginal amount of production, average amount of threes made from those guys. And then you have to figure out how you can get Ben Simmons. That's been really weird for me to see. You know, the, yeah. them putting a, 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 you know, it's, it's been really weird and, and credit to Brad Stevens for the defensive adjustments, but it's been really weird to see him struggle like that. And, and I got one question and I know we weren't going here with the pod, but I listened the other day and I, why doesn't Markel Fultz play ever? Yeah. Like, right. do you have, a, do you, have they said anything about that? Decision. I don't think Has anyone addressed good. it? 
I was wondering that too. Like, why not even at the end of a game? Well, that right. Like, maybe maybe you don't trust him to know what you're doing or right. the play calls or the assignments because he wasn't a, there all year. But when the games are over, these are valuable I don't minutes, think and you're won. struggling to score because of what Boston's doing to you. Like, you wouldn't drop him in there real you're quick. You're saying garbage right. time or when it's actually like still? No, dude. I'm saying look, game. look if you were to tell time. me, I would lobby for garbage time. Be- yeah. But especially when the when the series is saying to me like we're challenged to score because we're big we don't have a whole, we don't have a lot of shooting like we need playmakers out there. Well, once that game the ba- like it doesn't hang in the balance anymore. I certainly want to see if Markel can go in there and if he can work Jason Tatum. Like yeah. I just need to know if I got pieces over there that can work somebody on Boston because you know like that's what, what you're looking for. What if you know the answer is no right now? I don't think they want to mess with his head. Yeah, is it that fragile? I, that could be the I answer. Think it's it could just be the answer. Tossing I think it's a risk. Season, throwing the season away for him. Yeah, yeah, but he's, yeah. But I mean, he Brett Brown used these valuable playoff experience. Yeah, dude, I don't understand. He limited his rotation to just eight players. Played only eight guys, so he's not going to mm-hmm. get those valuable minutes. And I think honestly, the Sixers don't feel like any lead is safe because of that twenty-two point blown lead in game two. Right. Just well, don't for, even for mess instance, with it. For instance, two two minutes could be valuable. Game six, two thousand and one. Right, we were in Milwaukee. Um, I have not played in the playoffs, I don't think. I mean, I might have checked in for like a second here or there in the playoffs, but we're getting blown out by the, by the Bucks at, at, at Milwaukee. And Larry Brown, like, he saw that we were struggling. We could not guard Ray Allen and, and Big Dog and Sam Cassell. Like, that trio was just eating us alive. And so, you know, he was like, look, go, go in there. He threw our lineup of young guys in. And I could only imagine, cause I didn't ask him this, that it was an effort to see if anybody, on his roster had an answer for something on that team that he wasn't getting from his starters. Right. And we played really well. And now we almost, we got back in the game and he wound up pulling us to put the starters back in and they quite frankly gave the lead away again. But he saw something in me for one reason or another that gave him faith enough to play me in game seven. And, and I had the effect in game seven that TJ McConnell had in game four. And so I'm saying like in those moments when you have nothing to lose, right. Right. why not throw the kid out there or any, any other kid on their bench to see if they have a little something that could be, you know, a problematic for Boston. That's my question. Twitter comparisons know. the other day, Raja Bell and TJ McConnell. Oh, no word. way. Is he really? For your, Love s- it. your 10 point my second 10? quarter. Yeah. Nice. Made my childhood. Oh, that's, what's <laughs> that's awesome. That's so great. All right. So there was something that went down that I did not love. All right. From your boy, Joel Embiid. Oh, it's, it's, yeah, stop. Dude, stop. Ex- you're down 3-0. I get it. You're winning a game. Yeah, stop. But I love the Marcus Morris, and that's the only, that's the perfect way to shut him up because he kept giving the 3-0, you know, Hanson yeah. with 3-0. Like, why don't you shut your yapper? Joel Embiid, I think some of the shine is starting to wear off on the playfulness, the social media stuff, the, all, they could, I think it's getting a little bit, it's wearing out on you. I like, it's wearing out on me. Like, I'm like, enough already. Yeah, th- go ahead. I didn't understand the the history will be retweeted. Is it just because he is it just because of all of his attention on social media? Like what was behind that? He's that was social it. media star history will be repeated. History right, will be retweeted. Right, I know retweeted. the repeated and retweeted but listen, thing, but you I haven't just didn't done get anything yet. Dude, yeah, you 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 can't talk stuff when you're in a hole 03. Like put right. your, put your head down, go to work, put a game in your pocket. And come back to work the next day knowing that you gotta put another game in your right. pocket. That's not when the, the time. When the series is over then you and got... you came back, then you can talk Correct. all the trash you want. Agreed. It is equivalent to me because I can't stand when this happens. 
when you're watching a football game and it's 31 to 10 and there's a, you know, a late touchdown yeah. and it's the losing team and it has no impact on the game and the receiver like dances in the end zone. Yeah. That drives me nuts. Like yeah. that is not the time. Like you have to or, have situational or the, awareness. Or the, the, the one that gets me in football, it's the same exact thing except your team's losing. You catch a 15 yard reception or rip off a 15 yard run for a first down and you give us the first down right, sign. Right. You're right. like, all right, good. Thanks. Yeah, exactly. We're Thanks for letting <laughs> us know that. All right. There was something else that happened yeah. that bothered me. And this was in the Cavs-Raptors game. Okay. Now, this was from the winning team. Yep. Now, I'm looking at this, and I'm thinking, hey, the Cavs, they rolled through the Raptors. Everybody should be great. LeBron's saying, I never doubted my teammates. Everything's great. Yeah. Rodney Hood doesn't think so. Because uh, Rodney Hood was supposed to go into the game, the fourth quarter of game four. It was a blowout. And you know what he said to Ty Lue? He yeah. said, thanks, I'm good. I'm cool. Yeah. I, I, I want to know your opinion cool. So the vets actually tried to pull him aside, tried to t- get him to go in the game. He still refused. Now, Rodney Hood came out after – Said he apologized, said he feels awful. But in the moment, how can you do that? I don't know. I, I just, I don't have an answer right. for that. What's I don't What would you do as a vet on that team with him? Like, would you, I mean, I'm assuming you would have been one of the guys trying to talk him into the game. Yes. But then what do you do after? Like, do you yell at him? Do you no. like, ask him what he's thinking? Do you tell him that's an immature mistake? Yeah, I think you just, you probably have a combo with him and just, you know, you just be real with him. Like, but you don't, we don't, you don't do that. Like, right. that's not, you know, there's situ. I've been in situations where, like, as you get older and coaches, you know, you have a resume and it's really late and you call them garbage minutes, although I hate to use the term. A coach may ask you, hey, man, you want to you want to play or, right. you know, and you've earned the right to be like, no, nah, I'm good. Like, I'm stiff or, you know, you're at 34, 35. Like, it's not ideal to get up after sitting and watching for two hours and go run right. around and you tear a damn anything. Um, but as a young player, you get your butt up and you go to game. Whenever it's called upon, uh, whenever you're asked, for whatever reason, you get up as quick as you can, you rip those things off, and you're, you're, at least this is the way I was, because, I, I mean, what was Rodney Hood draft pick wise? 15, maybe? I mean, I mean, I guess there could be an air of entitlement there, but, like, I was grateful. Like, let me go in the game for any second of any minute. It's an opportunity, and, Honestly, overall. like Rodney Hood has, he didn't have a great, he wasn't playing great. He got, he got pulled out of the rotation. I'm looking at those minutes like an, it's an opportunity for me to go in there and show you that like my head's right now. Right. So maybe I, maybe my shooting touch is back. Right. Like maybe if I miss those rotations through the early first few games of the playoffs, I'm doing it now. Like not a time to sit there and sulk. Um, and isn't he a free agent? Yeah. I thought so, it was really that's, bad. That's a bad look. It's a bad look. And as, as a vet, all you can do is try to talk to him. Yeah. And how do you rely on him moving forward? Uh, yeah, it's a mess. You know, like I think I think it's uh it's going to really hurt his reputation in that locker room, which is the worst place to lose it. Right. Uh so LeBron was incredible throughout the playoffs. I mean, he hit the game winners twice in this series. Uh he was great in the Indiana series, you know, carried his team to victory there. Michael Jordan or LeBron James. It yeah. is becoming more real. I have always been a LeBron James or excuse me, a Michael Jordan yeah, sure. advocate. Like he, I had his poster in my room, like I grew up and I don't like we don't have to have the actual debate of who's better, who's the goat of all time. But what more does LeBron James have to do to actually enter that conversation? Um I think for me he's in the conversation. Yeah. I'm a I'm a Michael fan. Like and I, I will uh, look Michael's six for six in finals, right? Yep. Um, LeBron is what's his record in the finals? Three and six. Three and six. So he's been to six finals. So you're not you're not. I mean, that's always going to be a knock. Like because MJ was. Well, why doesn't MJ get knocked for the times he got bounced before? Three he and made five. The finals? I'm sorry. That's what I. That's what right, my like, argument is. Right. Right. Like why I mean, doesn't he get knocked for that? It's a good question. Um, and you know, LeBron 
has moved around a lot, but so have a lot of other people. So he's facing teams like MJ basically was facing, you know, th- th- those, those, those teams didn't have the freedom to bounce around and team up, uh, a, a, like, so, so I don't want to say he's playing watered down teams, but those teams, you know, he was facing like Larry and Kevin McHale and it wasn't the same type of heat that LeBron faces year in and year out when he's facing the big three, like at, at Golden State. Um, I don't know, dude. I don't know. It's, it's, if the conversation is there for me right now, I'm still right. an MJ guy. I think that LeBron has to continue. If he's going to, ba- all right. So look, if he's going to bounce around, which he has already, uh, he's got to keep going. He's got to keep making it to the finals. Right. Like it's got to become, it's got to become like, look, wherever he went, whatever he touched, he took to the finals. Cause you're not the six, you can't argue with six and oh, and people are always going to say that. And despite the fact that right. they, 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 they give him a pass on the ones that he didn't get to, they're always going to tell you that he's six for six, right? He's six and oh in the finals. Um, LeBron cannot do that at this point, but he can take a lot of different situations to the playoffs. And, and MJ couldn't say that because when he went to Washington, like the, 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 you know, he kind of, the train came off track a little bit. He right. was in his 15th year. Do you have his 15th year stats? Get well, versus LeBron's? Thing, here's the thing that I think LeBron, uh, that Jordan doesn't get credit for. He had to play three years in North Carolina where if he could have come out and maybe had those years in the NBA, yeah. he would have been adding to his totals. He had the years off with baseball. If he would have yeah, kept playing true. through those, he probably would have added another title or two. Right. Like I think he doesn't – Shouldn't that okay. detract from him though? No. Why? Why can't there be two grades? Well, see, that's that's the best point that's like, made. It's just Because like, I'm with Hannah. Like, I don't like having the debate because I think it's unwinnable there conversation. There are two grades of two different times. Eras, yeah. yeah. Eras. Two different – like, Michael Jordan was transcendent player It's like of Madonna and Beyonce. I, oh, jeez. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real, though. <laughs> I'm serious. Um, my, my buddy Jason Goodrich, who trains me, and I, he was having an argument with me the other day, and he wanted to – you know, he was all fired up about this because he's an MJ guy in it. Heat fan, so not a, not a LeBron guy. And my point is, I don't like comparing, not just like cross generations, cause it's hard to do, but I don't like comparing players that are different styles. If you want to compare MJ and Kobe, let's do it. Right. Wired the same well, that's way. That's what I was right. going to say. Doesn't, you know? doesn't Kobe kind of get screwed in this whole conversation because he's never mentioned and yet he has five titles? Yeah, I no. Feel like he's kind of lucky though. And kind of cut from the same player mold as, as MJ. Like right. LeBron is a different animal. He plays the game different. Like it's, he's it's, more like magic. Yeah. It's un, it's an unfair comparison to sit there and try to, it's, it's, it's pointless at, at times, but I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. I think it'll be fascinating. I mean, it's going to be a conversation and an argument that goes on for decades. And I think LeBron's biggest thing that he has in his favor is his resume is not done yet. He hasn't settled, and so we don't know what he's going to end up finishing with because he's probably going to end up, you know, all-time leader, yeah, points, assists, you know, but, uh, rebound. Like he's going to have a. Ton I mean, he's of fantastic, records. but some of those will be attributed to like what, longevity. Yeah, right. Like yeah, you, for sure. And you, to but your I mean, point, that's how Mike didn't did play. it forever. Yeah, no, you're you know? right. You're right. All right, let's get to what's here's happening. what's happening with Hannah. Word. All right, guys. We have a ton of really important topics, so I'm going to make sure I really spend some time on these so you guys can really digest them. So a no-no north of the border as Mariners pitcher James Paxton becomes the first Canadian to toss a no-hitter in his home country as Seattle blanked Toronto 5 to nothing. What makes it even better is that Paxton has a maple leaf tattoo on his non-throwing shoulder. Pretty cool. First Canadian, right? Second Canadian, first to do it in his home in country. Ah, Canada. so that's what it was. All right, North. cool. Good for him, man. I, yeah. I was bummed because there was another game. He had 16 strikeouts, mm-hmm. and he got pulled from the game because he had 105 pitches. And he was that the one earlier going. this season? Or was yes, that, yeah. it was earlier. That drives me nuts when guys get pulled, and they're on like this record-setting pace, and they get pulled because of a pitch count. Was, was Drake at that game? 
<laughs> no? You want to make it? No. No, my nah. bad. <laughs> He's saving us straight. <laughs> All, right. All right. Matt Harvey, who hasn't been too great with the chance to save his career on a bad team. The Reds have acquired now loosely nicknamed Dark Knight in a deal with the Mets. Harvey 0-2 with a 7 ERA in 2018. The Reds in NL Worst 9-27. and This is the classic, like, I kind of feel you. bad for him. You feel bad for him? So... I would feel bad for him if he wasn't such a douchebag. Yeah, like, he's seriously. Uh, no, he? like he he was at that party in L.A., right? Yeah, so he's done like multiple times. He's been well known. Like his nightlife has yeah. been well yeah. documented. So much so that he's missed coming to games the next oh, yeah, day yeah, yeah, yeah. because he was hungover. Yeah, uh, I, he's a little abrasive with people. I don't think he's the best. He teammate. needs to like get in better shape. Yeah, well, exactly, because I don't think he's all in to baseball, which I'm okay with. But you've got to know when you can go out and when you can't. Like, you, right. there's plenty of time. There's plenty of, especially as a pitcher, there's opportunities to go out and have fun. So he, but just, he doesn't have his stuff since his Tommy John surgery. And now the Mets. So he basically went from one of the best markets and a team that's pretty good in the Mets right. to, to the worst team and you know and the nightlife bad. exactly. Yeah, no, oh, I mean yeah. not as a Add town. I mean, I know. I mean, like the team also, is bad. Yeah, but the, uh, the nightlife. But, the nightlife. Right. but that won't you. stop him. Whatever. I yeah. mean, uh, he used to be known as like one of the hot bachelors of New York, you know. Yeah. And now uh, just, he just recently. When went he off was the map. that hot bachelor in New York, there was a GQ piece, and mm-hmm. he sounded like such a tool. Really? Oh my gosh! He was Ooh, talking about how he said. only shops for John Varvatos, and he's like, oh, "I'm what? a Varvatos guy." Uh, like it was. You have to go look at the GQ profile. I'm taking it. You're not a Varvatos guy. No, I like Varbados. Uh, it was the way he said it. I got it. It was just like. I got it. I'm yeah, messing it with awesome. you. All right. Well, elsewhere, New York, Yankees, Red Sox, the best two teams in baseball, now tied for the best record in baseball as New York upends Boston 3-2 to two in game one of a three-game set on Tuesday night. Giancarlo Stanton went deep twice while Luis Severino struck out 11 on the mound. David Price scratched from his scheduled start for the Sox tonight. You guys, this game was so good. G homered in his because first two guy, plate John appearances. Yeah, deep. but she brought out what G. What happened to those? No, Big G is what big they G. used to my call bad, him. My bad, my bad, my bad, my bad. I know. I once said that. His and they were first like, home run because I fell asleep. His first home run was that the one that left. Yes, oh. it was like a tomahawk chop. Like he, the pitch was out. It just, was a tomahawk. Chop. No, it really was. Like it was like he was swinging an axe. Like he just chopped it. It was it like, insane, and it didn't get it very barely high. cleared the wall. He like screamed. It was a missile. That's a dangerous bro. If you're not paying attention, and that right. ball cre- creeps oh my up gosh. on your. The, sitting in how strong i'm sorry go sorry go. no no sitting in the camera well like covering a team where you know he's like yeah, he's up scary. At the plate. no i literally will duck it's oh, so scary that. yeah. but that's why he's injured so much because he hits so intensely yeah, I, look real talk how strong and like what type of reflexes and hand-eye coordination do you have to be to hit a damn fastball do you see how quick he reacts to oh, that thing the turn on it the, it was insane the second one he was out in front of that damn ball yeah like that's incredible to me it's like otherworldly. Yeah. I think we should try it. <laughs> Who could do it? It would be so embarrassing. <laughs> it would be embarrassing for you. It would be, so It'd be for embarrassing me. for me. I would have to be having alcohol for this. Okay. A forgettable night for Orioles. Dylan Bundy, he surrendered four home runs without getting an out. Actually, he never recorded an out, allowing seven earned runs in the first inning as league worst Baltimore fell to Kansas City 15-7. to seven. Well, well, awful. This was trending. What was the final score? Because it was 10 nothing. After one, 15 to 15 seven. 7, yeah. It's like a football score. It was, I know. It was bad. All right, guys, over in the NFL, New Orleans Saints running back Mark Ingram 
has been suspended four games for violating, violating the NFL's policy on performance-enhancing drugs. He'll miss games against the Bucks, the Browns, the Falcons, and the Giants. Oh, and he also wants a new contract. Oh, that's going to be a little bit uh, tricky for him to get that done. Uh, our producer for CBS Sports HQ, we're going to talk about this today on the show. Go check it out, cbssportshq.com. He was like, hey, how, how does this happen? How does a the guy, they know the rules. Dude, guys are trying to toe that line yeah. all the time. Some guys get caught, some I've guys don't. It. It's part the the reward if you don't get caught, or even if you do, like he probably still will get an extension. Yeah, it's it's kind of worth it. All right, and lastly, the pop tree continues to branch out. The Charlotte Hornets have hired former Spurs assistant and Greg Popovich disciple James Borrego as their next head coach. Borrego has been an assistant since 2003 and briefly served as interim head coach of the Magic in 2015, 2014-2015. I, th- I think it's great. Um, you know, Pop and what they do there in San Antonio is proven. Um, he looks at the game um, from a very progressive, like, angle like he's not just mired in what was done way back in the day so you know you're learning from a guy who is keeping up with everything that's 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 practical now and everything that needs to be done now and so i think when you're mj and i don't know if it's rich cho still there running the show like going out and getting a pop disciple to come in there i think it's a good move i, I mean cup checks in there now and cup really checks there all right i think that's i think it's awesome i think you got you know you got some young talent you bring in a guy like that um clearly He's been raised the right way. I really like James Brago too. I interviewed him a couple times when I was with the Magic. Yeah. He just seems like he knows what he's doing. Yeah, I don't nice. really know anything. But... Nice. Solid hire. <laughs> I like it. All right. Let's move on and do some. Take it or leave it. I love this segment. All right. The Raptors should run it back and keep their core and coach intact. Uh-oh. I'm gonna... Take it or leave it. I don't it. know. I'm leaving that all day. Leaving it. I leave think, it. I think you got – I think Dwayne Casey's got to go. Yeah, he's, he's been there long enough. He's been there since 2011. And he's been on the hot seat before. And he's been on the hot seat before. You talked all season long about beating LeBron, beating LeBron. You were building up for this thing. And they had a fantastic regular season. First seed, 59 wins. And that was your plan? Like, that was the plan to get it done? And your team quit on you? You benched DeMar DeRozan. That relationship's going to be fractured, That's to say the point. least. Uh, I, I think there's got to be something where you need a fresh message. And I think there's too much invested in Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan. Uh, Lowry, they're owed $64 million over the next two years. DeRozan's owed $54 million over the next two years with a third year wow. 27. Like, I think there's too much invested in the players where somebody's the change, the easy change to make is the coach. So I'm on the fence, but I'm, you've swayed me. So I'll say take it because I agree with a lot you said. I, the only problem is like who's taking like DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry for that kind of bread. Right. right now. Like, That's what I'm saying. I don't I think, think you have that option. Yeah. Um, I'll take it though. I, I mean, so you're leaving it though, right? Leave it. We're leaving what? it. Cause we would, the, the, the option no, was wait, take, you said keep take core it. Oh, keep it in core. I'm sorry. Then yeah. I'm leaving it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You got, I'm, I'm with you. Leave sorry it. about that. Yeah. You want to leave it. Uh, did you guys see the Chuck Shaq debate last night? No. Fantastic. It was gold. They went at it. It seemed like they actually got mad at each other, but the essence of it was, does your coach and star player have to get along? And Shaq said, no, Chuck argued with that. Um, it helps. I don't think it ha- you have to, but I think it helps. I think it's all about respect. Yeah. I think you have to respect your head coach. Sure. It doesn't matter if you get along, if you're best friends, but there has to be a respect level there. All right, next up. Take it or leave it. The Jazz have a brighter future than the Pelicans. I'm gonna leave it. Take it or leave it. <laughs> leave it. I'm gonna leave, leave it. Leave it, huh? Yeah, I'm, they've got a bright future. Donovan Mitchell is, is fantastic. Um, you know, you start to see some stuff out of guys like Royce O'Neal and, and, um, 
you know, clearly, um, what's the big fella? Rudy Gobert is a great player. Um, they, they've got some nice pieces, but the Pelicans, like Anthony Davis is Anthony damn Davis. Yeah. Um, and I know they got to make a decision on Boogie and, and Rondo and, um, but you, you still have Drew Holiday locked up for a minute. Miritich is coming up, but, but I, I, Anthony Davis swings the balance for me. Like Anthony Davis is Anthony Davis. Yeah. I'm what do you do with Boogie? Oh, I resigned Boogie. I resigned Boogie. I, look, I, Boogie is a fantastic player and, you know, I would try to lock that up. I mean, what'd you trade to get him? I don't see, I don't remember what you had to Buddy give up. Buddy Heald and a pick. It wasn't much. It wasn't yeah. much. So you didn't really lose much if you don't retain him. It's not like, but I would still try to sign him, try to lock him up and see what that looks like with but the two headed. No other elite free agents are going to choose to New come Orleans. to New Orleans. Yeah. yeah. Wait, right. I have a separate question. Yes. We talked about Donovan Mitchell. Did you see that LeBron James compared this rookie class to the class of 2003? Did he really? Meaning like it, like Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, Ben Simmons. That's but the class of 2003 was like him, Dwayne Wade, Wade, Chris Mello. Bosh. Yeah, yeah, Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, Dario Sar. I mean, not Dario Sar. Darko Milicic. Is it <laughs> like, do you agree don't with that comparison? I like that comparison. I mean, yeah. I don't know that any of them wind up being damn LeBron and D Wade, know, but in terms of. Like they're, they're pretty damn good. That's a, yeah. it's a heck, been a heck of a rookie class. All right, next up. Take it or leave it. Stan Van Gundy's tenure in Detroit will be one of the last dual head coach slash front office leader roles in the NBA. Take I'm going to leave, leave it. Leave it. Yeah. Leave it. I, it should be. I mean, it should be like because I just I I you, it's too hard to do one of those jobs. So, but to, knowing egos of coaches, people, there's, yeah, there's going to be some coach who thinks he can do correct. it. Correct. And, and there'll be a team that'll pay him. That wants him right. bad enough and they'll continue to give people that kind of control at times. Um, but I think, dude, I mean, can you point to who, who, is there one out there that's the a only success story? True one right now is Tom Thibodeau and that's not a success yet. Right. I Bruder mean, Holzer had that revoked. Doc Rivers like his, revoked. Popovich is Pop, splits duties with, with R.C. Buford. Buford. Uh, but R.C. That's does, probably the only way you could do it is to have a guy that's kind of your right-hand man that correct. you're on the exact same page with and he's basically an extension. But correct. SVG went real bad, yeah. real quick. Real quick. Yeah. Real quick I, right? I, don't you think it was probably over the fact that he wouldn't relinquish it? Uh, yeah, I think. But, again, remember we talked about it. And I said if you promised him that and now you try to take it away from him, like you right. got a problem on your hands. Right. You can't How about just, Blake Griffin? How bad does he get screwed in this whole big picture? Blake. That's <laughs> Yeah, it's rough. It's tough. It's right. Take it or leave it. All right. The Bucks should hire Becky Hammond. Take it. Take it. I like Take Becky. It. Do you know her? I do know Becky. Yeah. I mean, we're not, we're, we're not no, going out you, to have dinner and no, stuff, but, no, but, but you know yeah, her. I know Becky and, and she's, she's really good. Like I got to see her at the NBA summer league my year in Cleveland. And mm-hmm. so you got all the teams out there, all of their Is that coaching. The year she won it. They won the, the summer league. It title? might be the year that they yeah. won it. And so I watched her coach. Uh, I got to see her around when we we're around with front offices and coaching staffs. I got to talk to her a little bit and she's like, she's good. Yeah. She knows her stuff. Um, she's got, you know, she's got a presence that I think you, you have to have, whether you're male or female, you have to have a presence when you're dealing with, with NBA, NFL, MLB guys, you know, guys that are at the, like the apex at their, at, at their, at their given profession. Like you have to have a presence and she's got that. She was a heck of a player. And again, she's been raised in the pop school. I don't think you go wrong with people. Like their their track record when they go other places is good. I think it's a I think it's a good thing, and I think it's great for the NBA. I think it's fantastic yeah. for the NBA. Do you think she would have challenges in the locker room? Yeah. From oh, who? Because no, I, no I, I had a thought. I was like, man, this really. Because I was talking about this on my radio show the other day, and I said, you know what? I think it's going to be hard for younger guys who maybe aren't mature enough to handle a female coach. And my co-host actually pointed out. He was like, no. He's like, I think younger players he would be better. might actually be more receptive. It's the veterans, yes. yeah. the guys who like like I could picture Rondo. Yeah, like I could picture him batting, you know, butting sure. heads with the, uh, Becky Hammond if he was. But on I that feel spot. like it would blow over. 
Like, I think yeah. it would get to, a, I, like, the first couple months, I think, would be awkward. Right. right? right. But then I, think I think players would would, would know. Because, I think again, it comes down to respect. Yeah. They're going to figure her out. And they either respect her or they don't. And that's right. for male or female. And I think you find it out in the first couple months. Yeah. If she knows what she's doing. Yeah. If she's out there and she commands respect, she'll she'll get it. But I don't, I, that's, I think she will have some talents. I think there'll be a player or two in that locker room who will look at her and say, because she's a woman, you know, they'll look at her, they'll take longer to gain that respect, but I think ultimately she would gain it. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I think, but I think the younger players are going to be better with it. Yeah. I think the older guard guys stuck in their ways a little bit, but I don't think there's any question in my mind that given the opportunity, guys are going to realize that she knows her stuff and they're going to respect That's all that matters. Next up. Take it or leave it. This, uh, the Island Green, the 17th hole at TPC Sawgrass is overrated. Leave that. Take it or leave it. Leave, leave it. it leave all it. the time. That is like, that is like must see TV. Have you played TPC Sawgrass? No, I want to so bad. Every... I haven't played it since they redid it. Yeah. But I, I played the 17th hole. It's a Pete Dye, right? I think yeah. so. I'm not yeah. 100% sure who did it, but it's, it's a ton of fun to play. The 17th hole is iconic to me. It's one of the most yeah. recognizable holes in all of golf. So I'm leaving that all day. It's not the hardest hole. Like it's not that long. The hardest, right. Like even they play it. It's like one forty-seven. Yeah, it's like a wedge. Yeah, it's a. But it gets in your head, it and does. that's why I love watching these guys try to do it because you're like, so there fantastic. are basket cases yeah. out there trying to do it. <laughs> but it is the fifth major. Uh, it's a it's a great event. It's the biggest purse, right? The players. Yeah, I think so. Purse. Yeah, I think it is uh, the biggest part. So it's got a great field. Tiger and Phil shot? are together. Tiger oh, are they paired? Yeah, one forty-two. Uh, and Ricky Fowler's and Ricky in the group Ray. too. That's going to be an awesome. That should be fun. Threesome. Yeah. Uh, uh, Phil Mickelson, he had a great idea. So he suggested, cause he, they were asking about him being paired with Tiger. They haven't played, uh, in the same group at the players since 2001, I think it was. Yeah. He had a comment. He said, you know what we should do? He said, we should have a major one on one Tiger versus Phil, just us, winner takes all. Put out the pot, like, and just have us go at it. Oh, that's fantastic! And he's like, have the winner. He threw down a damn. Yes, and he threw down the challenge. He actually said, "Jester was it one of those where I'm going to throw it out there?" But now Phil is like, Phil is cocky. Yeah, and he had a little smirk on his face, like he was being a little bit sarcastic. And then he said, "I don't know if Tiger wants a piece of me right now." Like he was out there talking. But see, I think that's a genius comment because somebody, and if they're not, they should be fired. Somebody at CBS, somebody at any of these networks, be all over should jump on that. Yeah, all right. And they used to do the Monday night. Do you think Tiger would do it? I don't know. I don't See, that's so. the thing. It Who, depends on where he is. Like, mentally. Bill's got way more to win in that scenario than Tiger. Totally. Right? Yeah. Cause like, he's definitely behind him in the competition. Yeah. It'd be good for great. Tiger. You think it'd be good for it Tiger? It'd be good, but I don't think he'd do it. It'd be great. It'd be good for Tiger. I think though, and they, you know what they should do is like do the, how the boxing does the 24 hours where they do like behind the scenes yeah, leading up to absolutely. the event. They can so show good. him practicing, getting ready. Do you, do you think Tiger could be Phil right now? Uh, yeah, I think in a golf, in a match play, never, like anything true. could happen, but I would, like, Phil's playing better. He's playing better. Like, Tiger's been a little bit erratic. He didn't exactly build a lot of confidence playing in Charlotte be, this past great. week, but, uh, it would be awesome. Yeah. So yeah, it's going to be a fun tournament. Rory, uh, McElroy, Jordan Spieth, and Justin Thomas paired together. That's the type of event it is. It's like got a lot of star power, so I'm excited to watch that. All right, let's keep it moving. That's a little, uh, move the needle. So does this move the needle for you? The Knights. Your Golden Knights, yeah, reaching the Western <laughs> Conference Finals in their expansion season. The move the needle. I know it does. Yes, yeah, of that course moves it moves the needle. needle. <laughs> right? is, talk cool talk about it, Hannah. One. It's a cool story. So they, I didn't realize. <laughs> no, seriously, I'm with you. It I didn't realize needle. this. Yeah. They were 500 to one odds. That's why it moves the, the needle. Cup. That is insane. Because I put a hundred on that to start the season. <laughs> oh <laughs> that would my be fantastic! God. I lost the ticket. 
That would be fantastic if you did. You know somebody in Vegas. Absolutely. It's the gambling capital of the world. Somebody took that. So fantastic. That is awesome. Yeah, the casinos are nervous. I bet they are because they look pretty good. See, they actually actually got hooked up. They're not – the way hockey, the NHL did it, they hooked up their expansion team because they had a different type of – Draft where you actually they made every team had to make players available to them that they could poach from other teams. Uh, okay, so they got to play. They got to pull pretty good players. Yeah, and you, like, got, you had to pr- like you got to protect like a certain yes. amount of players, and you and some, some of your better players had yeah. to be unprotected. So right. the guys that were unprotected come in. They're pretty decent. They played in the NHL. They come in with a chip on their shoulder, like ticked off that they were unprotected. Yeah, so great, and they've thrived off of it. Like yeah. they're a fun squad, and they have the uh, the Vegas flu. Which is in their favor because everybody's getting that after they, when they have to face them. Right. All right. So that, that moves the needle for both of us. All right. How about this one? The Predators, PK Subban, guaranteed a game six victory over the Jets and Nashville does it. Yeah. It does? Yeah, it does because I told you I love, uh, PK Subban. Yeah. I don't know why. Like he flashy suit. I like PK Subban. I think Subban. guarantees are stupid though. They are dumb. They are dumb, but You're it's right. pretty cool that he actually got to back it up. So they face, uh, they'll face the, um, the Tampa Bay Lightning game seven. Game seven. They no, going. they will play the Knights. They'll play the, the Western they play Conference. Knights. My bad, my bad. My oh, bad. that's going right. to be tough. You're going to root yeah, for Yeah, I don't know. That's, I'm conflicted Knights. now. True conflict. That's right. Well, they got to get through it first. All right. This next story I caught yesterday, I thought it was pretty funny. Does it move the needle? Kurt Warner, he's making a comeback. No, he talked about making He's had reported interest in a comeback at age 47. He's Stop. already in the Hall of Fame. Stop. Already in the Hall of Fame. He was on a baseball broadcast. He came up in the booth, and he said, I was actually ready to go for this coming season. I actually talked to a coach, and my wife said, go for it. I think it would be great. So I actually talked to a coach about possibly doing it if they needed somebody. But when they found out – they went out and signed somebody, so I don't think they thought I was serious. So I think we're completely done now. Does it move the needle? And No, it doesn't. I'm ready to go work out, like, baby. Seriously. How old are you, Danny? 42. <laughs> I'm ready to 47? go. I'm ready to go. Like, in what capacity would he be talking? Like, as a backup? Like, no, good, I think he wants to the, play. Really? I think he wants to do it. I think he wants to get out there and play. So he actually. I'm so about this. I am too. Like, I think <laughs> it'd be fast. It. I would love to see it happen. I guarantee you. You want to see someone die? No, he wouldn't die. See, here's the thing. Nobody what? hits quarterbacks anymore. Nobody's dying. Nobody hits quarterbacks anymore. That I guarantee you, that's what's going through Kurt Warner. He's watching Brady at 40, and he's like, I'm not that much older. I could probably still sling it around. Not that much older. You're a decade older than him, bro. <laughs> no, he's His not. knees. He's going to explode. Years older. Seven years. Six, seven years older. It's, it's not more, that it's big more, a difference. He's, he's, he's closer listen, to a decade than he – like. It's, the NFL like, is changing. You don't – you can't touch quarterbacks. You can't touch quarterbacks. You can't touch them in the head. Yeah. You can't him in the legs. You don't get hit very much. Danny. I wish he would do it. Roger, would you ever go You know what I would wear? Maybe I play – I am 41, and there is not a chance. different. It is. It is. Granted, it's different, but like – I hear you. I don't know. It doesn't if you were a quarterback, if they're going go pay, to keep paying you to do something you love to do, like keep doing it. Whatever, you know whatever, what whatever. I would wear every time to the stadium too? My Hall of Fame jacket. <laughs> <laughs> like that would be the free. Like you know, they all get styled out in their suits. You have nothing to lose. Exactly. I mean, other than your health. He's already in. That'd be and fantastic. Like, but see, here's what ticks me off: is I'm, yeah. I'm almost certain that <laughs> Kurt Warner said he wouldn't let his kids play football. So oh, you're, if he said right. that, why would you come back and play yourself if you're worried about your children? Yeah, interesting. Like that to me Maybe he just wants to come out for one game. Yeah. Have great. that, like, one major victory. Okay. <laughs> Excuse me. Again. All right, next up. The Yankees and Red Sox, we just saw a credible first game of the series. They actually scheduled a two-game series in June of 2019, and guess where they're playing? In London. Move the needle? No. 
I think this is stupid. Uh, uh, Why did sports feel like, and I get it makes sense if you go to Mexico City, if you go to Dominican, yeah. Puerto Rico, even Japan, where baseball is popular. Well, I they have a lot of players there's gotta be there, something too, as Exactly. Well. So people will come watch. Why are we trying to force baseball into London? There's got to be something to it. There's Money, but I don't, I don't understand. I think it's a waste. Do you think there's no chance anybody in Europe ever takes on baseball? Do that again. That's, I mean, that's kind of what I don't think so. But right. do you think? I think there's yeah. probably yeah. some yeah. fans yeah. that will watch it. No. We're having two conversations right now. <laughs> I love it's my it. favorite part of the pod. Sorry. All right. Um, Hannah, Hannah was. I was money, singing. Money, money. I was singing the Apprentice theme song. <laughs> nice. R.I.P. to that show. All right. All right. Um, no, I don't think this is an important topic at all. But like, it's cool that they all get to travel to London. I'm jealous. Right. I want to go to London. I want to go to London. But here's the problem. Like, you ever been to London? Teams are in this this heated race this year. It'll probably be the same next year. For the AL East, like it could impact the yeah, race. You're wasting, you come you're back, wasting you're hungover. Yeah. Like I wonder tired. if, yeah, I feel like the players truly wouldn't like it that much because it's just like a, and it's so an fast. Annoyance. Like I right. had to go to Tokyo. There are too many games. I went to Tokyo for a preseason game when I was on the Falcons, and we were there about four days. Mm-hmm. And you like it was cool to see Tokyo, but it took like a week to recover because right. you get yeah. there. By the time you get used to the time, you're turning around, coming back home. Because in the home. NFL, you have way more time to get accustomed to it, right. at least. This, right. though, it would only be an extra hour opposed if they played the Mariners flight-wise. If they played right. the Mariners, Angels, whatever, to fly to London, only about a five, six-hour flight. still that whole flight yeah. and everything. Yeah. And then, like, just, like, the air and dump the baseball players have to deal with. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> All right. We promised stories with Raja. All right. So Monday was the 16th anniversary of Allen Iverson's famous practice rant. Do we what, have the rant? Uh, when you just talk about practice, we sitting here, I supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. I mean, it, listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. All right, so that was epic. Everybody remembers that one. Yeah. What was, do you remember, like, was that one of those where you were oh, moments? It's the where you were moment. And I was at the Philly, Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine. They called it PCOM. It was right off of City Ave. Uh, it's where the practice facility was. And I was downstairs in the weight room that we shared with, like, the PCOM, like, students. And no one knew where Chuck was, but we were down there lifting. And the screen came on, kind of like the screen right here in our in our room. And I happened to be like in between sets. I was doing something for like my for for like my patellar tendonitis. And I looked up, and I was like, "Oh my god, he's oh yes, he's doing it. He's going." And it it just took on a life of its own. So I remember like myself. I don't want to call anybody's name in terms because a player. I don't want to be wrong, but there were there were people around this TV with me just watching him go completely ham. And I didn't know where he was. Um, but he was like a floor and a half above me, right. like in this press conference, just going absolutely ridiculous. And then we went out and got throttled, uh, by the Celtics. What was that? A couple nights later, the next night, the next night. So, um, now we're that would have been before we got on the flight. No, that was a home game when we got, when we got yes. beat up by the Celtics. Right. So yeah, it was home. The next so day. were guys reaction was it like, yeah, preach, tell them we don't need to practice. Or was it like, I can't believe he's saying that. Um, I don't remember what everyone else's reaction was, but mine was not preach. Right. Like, cause I don't think most guys really subscribe to that, like, mentality. Although we kind of probably feel like that at, at times. Like, it's not something that you really talk about, uh, cause we all practiced right. and, you know, there were just times where he didn't. So most guys were kind of like, uh, that's, well, I, uh, I think uh, that, I still think he's unfairly judged on that because the essence of it, which no one is going to remember, is because didn't his like one of his childhood friends, best friends, 
pass away that week. And he was saying, I'm not concerned about practice when I have this real life stuff yeah, going on in my life. I don't remember that. But, but it, if, if, look. But no one remembers was, that. He was unfairly judged for a lot of things. Because the reality of it is, it, you are talking about practice. Like not everyone is built the same way. And he clearly didn't need the same amount of practice as I did. Like, do you know, you, he could come in there on, on days and not do much and drop 40 that night without looking at a game plan and just be fantastic in almost every aspect of the game. So there, like, again, there's a lot of fairness to what he was talking about. Um, but at that time in my career, like, I was just like, Oh my God, are you allowed to do that? Can you do that? Like, is he, you know, and it was, but anyway. Yeah, it was nuts for sure. All right, let's keep it. How about another story time? <laughs> so this was viral the other day because it was the anniversary of it. I had, I had never really watched it closely. But Mo Cheek, so Lady Antebellum butchered the National Anthem at the Predators game. Yeah. And there was also, this was recently, because this, I think, was an anniversary like a week or two ago, when Mo Cheek stepped in to help a young girl. She forgot the words, so he had to put his arm around her shoulder, and, like, she was bawling. Oh, I loved that video. And he's, video. like, helping her sing along to the words. She you were there. So bad. You were standing on yeah. the court. I was in Portland. Uh, I was with the Mavericks. It was 2003. Dude, that girl sucked. Um, all right. She was a baby. She was a baby. She was a cute girl. Um, and <laughs> just mean to do it. You know, it started she was off really struggling. It okay. started off fine, and then it went off the rails, and she was so rattled. I remember. I felt she helpless. She was nervous. Um, I wonder what she's doing now. I, I, I thought about that the other day. Seriously, I, I wonder if that's that. like a life-altering event. Um, I hope she's okay. It wasn't. I feel like that wasn't like viral though. Mo was a good well, dude. Twitter, Twitter wasn't Twitter around. At the time. It would have been. It would have exploded. You know what? Never mind. Mo was a really good dude, man. Did you he, go up to the girl? Like, were you that close where you said, hey, don't worry about no, it? No, I was midway through the line, I think. Right. Um, and Mo happened to be like, the coaches are usually a little closer to the person performing. And so, you know, it was, that was hard. It was tough. That was a tough day, bro. Every, the whole place. And I think everybody started singing. We all sang it no, that's with good. her as Mo, like, helped prompt her through the rest of the song. We all started singing. The whole arena was singing. That's yeah. all you want to see happen when you're watching that, like oh, from home. You're like, so oh, painful. someone please help them out. Like yeah. everyone knows the song. We all felt awful. But this, good thing Twitter didn't exist. This girl's name Natalie Gilbert, and she did one of those like Tosh Point web redemptions. Oh, good for her. Make fun a couple I years ago. Oh, good. I'm so gonna rally for this girl. Wait, right, do you cool. guys ever remember? Never mind. That was an I'll underappreciated Blazers team. Yeah, that Blazers team's good. Yeah, Jail Blazers. The Jail Blazers. <laughs> <laughs> so Lady Antebellum, who screwed up. Yeah. I don't know. If, I I texted Debo video of this because I was at Jim Furyk's golf tournament. Okay. And so we actually, my wife and I rode the bus to this charity concert that was going to be that night. Right. And there was this dude on the bus and he was hammered. Like yeah. he kept taking shots on the bus. And he's like, I got to perform tonight. I don't know if I'm going to remember the words. And he was just talking, yap, yap, yapping the whole way there. Yeah. So we get there and we're like, who the heck is this dude? Because we're not huge country fans. Right. We find out. It's this guy, Charles Kelly from Lady Antebellum. Ooh. I, we were like, I don't know how he's, it was that bad. He was stumbling. I'm like, I don't know how he's going to get up there and perform. Yeah. Went up on stage and actually like went up and gave a pretty good that's performance. That's the rock star mentality. He's the same dude who forgot the lyrics. So uh. I wonder if he was partying <laughs> at the little pregame party before the national anthem and that's why I forgot it. Oh my gosh, yeah. Lady Antebellum is the actually they got a pass though. Everyone like no one gave him a hard time like cuz they no, laughed cause it off. No, cuz country music is so forgiving. That is true. Like it's a good if, crowd. Yeah, no. All right. What are we doing? Like Topics here, Devo? Let's finish. Topics. <clears throat> Danny Cannell, very much on board with UCF's national championship, Sir. the rings, the banner, all that. Their former coach, Scott Frost, now at Nebraska, not necessarily on board. He said, "All I'll say is if we had stayed there meaning his staff, I would have had a hard time getting behind it. I think it was smart by them because it kept UCF in the media and in the conversation. 
but you know, like our rings, I kind of wish my ring just said undefeated season and Peach Bowl champion. Does this take the shine off for you? I wonder if he would still say this if he was the head coach at UCF right now. Yeah. I No, I get it. I get what he's doing. It's, he's kind of taking the A. I, I think what he's saying is probably the best way to handle it from now as the head coach of Nebraska. Cause I think it, I think as much as I've had fun with it too, I think you should probably just let it lay, like let it go to yeah, bed. It's like, had its moment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But UCF is feeling like, hey, it's still keeping us relevant. For, still keeps yeah, the conversation. For them, why not? But those rings are something they will have forever. I would say this. If you're UCF, I've said this before and I'll say it again. If you want us to stop, if you want us to not call it a national championship, then Auburn, you stop calling your two that you claim as national champions. Alabama, you stop claiming your four that you claim as national champions. And we're all good. Right. I you hear know? People getting excited about Frost at Nebraska. People getting kind of excited about Mario Cristobal at Oregon. So the other day he drank raw eggs, Rocky style, with a quarterback commit to celebrate him committing to the Ducks. For the Nasty. kid and the coach he, drank raw eggs? It was, it was quick, yeah. Him and this commit, it was like a three-star I mean, you don't want to sip on it. Right, exactly. Yeah, they took it like a shot. He, they plugged their nose and they took it. That's have you ever done fun. the raw eggs thing? I feel like that's reserved. No, me but either. you'd have to be a five-star recruit for me to drink Yeah, exactly. Not that's the way you're going to I like I Mario, I feel like though. it's fine. Yeah, Mario's I feel cool. like it's yeah. not a big deal. Drinking a raw egg is like... You've done it? No, like, but you can get yeah, salmonella. Like, salmonella is a lie. I mean, oh, like... Whoa! It's a made-up lie. the hottest take this show's ever had. You know when you're younger and your mom's like, don't eat the cookie dough, you're going to get salmonella. That's a freaking lie because I've never gotten salmonella. Okay, I have gotten salmonella once. <laughs> but but it wasn't it wasn't from a raw egg it was it was from something else <laughs> it was from a really bad coconut I think that we're gonna I suspend ate. you for the rest of this podcast <laughs> no but I'm just saying I would it's like taking a bad shot right it was just drinking an egg I don't know okay Roquan Smith Bears rookie had his car broken into so in there he had stolen a national championship Georgia jersey. And also a team issued iPad with the Bears playbook. Which one should he be more worried about? The playbook for sure. He's gonna get fined pretty hefty for that. Yeah, it's probably seventy five hundred, ten grand. He'll get fined for and losing the playbook. Sucks. I know. Because you got it. Like, I'd like to say don't leave it in your car. Like, but like everybody's left something in their car. They shouldn't. That sucks. Getting yeah. robbed is. It, well, I remember having the playbook and being terrified. Like every yeah, time it was out of my sight. It. Oh, yeah. I was like, yeah. don't want to do that. I told you guys the uh, the other day there were some comparisons online made between Raja and TJ McConnell as unsung heroes in Philadelphia. Well, turns out McConnell, there's an interesting story. He went on the Dan Patrick show and grew up in Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Steelers fan, met Ben Roethlisberger, said he had such a bad experience that he started rooting for the Cincinnati Bengals. Whoa. Really? An indicator of just Big Ben's. They met at like a charity event when no TJ was in sixth grade. So this is early on kid. in Ben's career. But it spurred him away from rooting for the Steelers. Now he's back a little bit. Do but we know what happened? He rooted for the Bengals because Ben was so mean to him. Oh, my really? God. Really? I, I need like a play-by-play of what I went know, down. I know, right? We need to get – I probably didn't go too into detail. He didn't go detail. super into detail. I'll but, say this. Yeah, I would Danny, defend Ben know? a little bit because I don't think anybody can truly experience like what it's like to be – a franchise quarterback, the amount of, and I'm not saying I was in this boat, but how many people come up to you on a daily basis and you have interaction with, but like, I always felt like, Hey, this is really cool. It's special. I'm going to try to treat everybody with respect and give them at least a minute or two. Yeah. But was it at dinner? Like, was he eating? Was he doing something that wasn't the best moment and maybe just caught him at a bad time? 
I don't know. Ben Roethlisberger's, Kirby Bryant's, like, uh, yeah, Michael like guys in that like, It's impossible. They deal to with be nice so, to everyone. everyone. It's yeah. really, really tough. Um, I bet Ben came to a practice. We, he was like an honorary son for a day because our trainer, Aaron Nelson, was like a huge Steelers fan. So he came to practice, like was in a jersey. I was, did some shooting drills with him. He was, he was cool. He was super nice. Now, obviously, we weren't like six year old fans. Right. But like, that was my only experience with Ben. Can he cool. shoot? Um, I, I think he was okay. I don't think he was like a great player, but he's all right. Yeah. Probably a little shorter than I thought he was. Treat the kids. Really? Man. Well, I, I think Aaron Nelson had always said like he was like, my size, and he was—he's smaller than me. I think he's listed at like six five. He's I think pretty he's, big. He's, he's big, big but I thought when I stood next to him, I didn't think he was eye to eye. So I think that he was a little smaller than I thought he was. Gotcha. Final topic here: We're on episode sixty-eight of the podcast. Whoa. I think it's been at least since episode fifty or before that we talked about Lavar Ball and big baller brands. So Adam Jones, Orioles outfielder, finally got his big baller shoes. He did a year later. <laughs> oh. So he actually ordered them and paid for them. Yes. And he took a, a year to get them. full at least 365 days later, he got his shoes. Are we just happy that is he satisfied with BBB them? has right. kind of <laughs> settled down? He tweeted about it, said he was happy. Um, I am very happy that like, BBD has these shoes calmed down. Like. What do they look BBD like? better have their ass somewhere in the gym right now, stroking the ball. Exactly. That's what they need to do. They <laughs> yeah. need to be so, uh, working. Yes. Yeah. Lamelo tries out for the draft next yeah. month. Oh, exactly. that's right. Then it's That'll back. Be and then, it's, then uh, Lavar's going to be out there. So Jello. Be number one. Leandro. Jello. Jello. Yeah. All right, that'll be fun to watch for sure. All right, we'll make sure we get some Triple Bs. I don't know what the Big Baller brand shoes on the show. Triple Bs. Send us a pair free. I don't think that's happening either, even if it takes a year. All right, that's a wrap for us. Uh, thanks for listening. Hope you made it through the coughs and stuff. We were dealing with some sickness. Yeah, sorry about that. But we powered through for you guys. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Canel and Bell. And as always, go download, subscribe on iTunes. Leave us the five-star review. Whatever you ask in that five-star review, we have to answer on five Fridays on our five-star Q&A. Have a good day.